Inspire. Educate. Connect. This is Yoga Digest, a vibrant community of passionate changemakers. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. I'm Kim Bauman, founder of the One Love Movement, a nonprofit dedicated to serving kids in need. I am so incredibly honored to bring you One Love Heroes, a podcast show about ordinary people with extraordinary stories. We'll bring you true stories of love, hope, and courage from around the world, some from people you already know and others from people you'll want to know. Thank you so much for listening. So you guys are listening to episode number five of One Love Heroes, and we are here with my hero and dear friend, Natalie Jill. Thank you. I Welcome, love, Natalie. I love that I made the hero cut. Yeah, of course you made the hero <laughs> cut. Awesome. Oh my gosh. You made it a long time ago, but um, I'm going to kind of call you out here. And mm-hmm. I asked you for an interview a long time ago, and you said, um, I think you you um, denied me or something like that. I did? But, yeah. I think you said, I don't know why you'd want to interview me. And I was like, are you kidding me? You're my hero. Really? Yeah. I don't so remember anyways, that, but um, maybe. So then I gave you a little breather, and now we're back, and I'm really, really honored to get to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to start by sharing with everyone why you are one of my heroes. And I'm sure you know the story, but you might not know the full story. Uh, so back in 2013, we met and we met because Natalie came into the yoga studio that I was managing at that time. And she had said, oh, I am looking for a yoga teacher. And then I came into the office and there was a post-it note to call this Natalie Jill person. So I just called you just because... Mm-hmm. That was my business. And go to your house. We start doing yoga together. And um, that was the beginning of our friendship. There's a little more backstory to that. And that was that I did not want to do yoga. I was like allergic to yoga. So I thought if I yep. go to a yoga class, I won't stick to it. But if I can <laughs> find somebody to come to my house and force me to do it, maybe I'll do it. So I went to the yoga studio <laughs> and I said, do you have a trainer that would come to my house and make me do it? That's yeah. what I, I think what yeah. I asked. Yeah. And they looked at me like I was crazy. But then they, it brought me to a post-it <laughs> yeah. note with you. <laughs> I know. So I'm so grateful to have gotten to connect with you. And then as we created our friendship. So first of all, there was no friendship. It was just like me showing up doing yoga mm-hmm. and um Natalie was Natalie was so funny because she would listen to hip hop music while we did yoga. Yes, we did hip hop yoga. <laughs> but we would do like stretching. It was fun. And she would have this hip hop music bouncing in the background. So it was really funny. And now she actually loves my yoga. Don't playlist, knock it. So. If you do hip hop yoga, it's a lot more fun than Zen yoga. <laughs> But she, it's only hip-hop in the sense that the music is hip-hop. Not, and we would chat yeah. a lot while yeah, we did yoga. Yeah, we would talk all the time when we're doing yoga. I don't so. think you're supposed to do that. It was very untraditional, but it was really fun. And that's how we became friends. And then uh, fast forward to, was it 2000? When did I leave? Was I don't it? know numbers. I think it was like uh, four years ago, fast forward to then. And uh, Natalie became that person in my life that – she actually was the pivotal person for me. So I was in this space in my life where I was managing this yoga studio, uh, the Core Power Yoga Studio in Del Mar, mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved my job. I loved what I did, but it was not my calling. Mm-hmm. And I had already at that time created a nonprofit called the One Love Movement, and that was my passion, and that was my my dream job was to get to 
to work on this nonprofit that I had created that was going to give back and to help underserved kids and underserved communities. And so Natalie gave me permission to resign from my job and to pursue my Like dreams. you needed my permission. Isn't that fun? It's, it's always interesting how it happens. It's like we don't – so so many times we're looking for that like approval or that – awareness like that you can do it you we want that you can do it and isn't it amazing that just one person believing in you um can help you go in a direction because mm-hmm. so many people stay stuck and not going after their calling because they don't think they're good enough or they don't think they can or it's not possible but as soon as somebody believes in you it's it changes things absolutely absolutely but for me it was more than just like what i needed is i needed someone to tell me that it was going to be okay and that I could do this. Because it's a very scary thing to move from a steady paycheck into, oh, shit, I'm working for myself and um, I don't know how to make this work. Why did me, your yoga client, who's doing hip-hop music and chalking your ear <laughs> off while you're trying to put me in like Shavasana, why did my permission do it for you? Oh, but P.S., you guys, she didn't do Shavasana for no. like the first – I couldn't. Months. Like, she would get up immediately and be like, I can't do Shavasana. I've got too much to do. I was like, okay. Too much to do. And now, and then she, now when we do yoga, she'll lie there and fall asleep and have no idea that I walked out her door and left. So. Well, I know, but. But yeah, but, but she I can, lies I can, there. I can, really I can turn amazing. my head off a little bit. <laughs> it's really amazing. Uh, so I, for that reason, I'm just very grateful. We had so many, it's like Natalie was like a coach for me during yoga because I would be giving her, like doing yoga with her, but then she would be coaching me in my life. And it was a really, a very blessed. So I'm, I can add it to my myself. list. I'm like life coach now. <laughs> right. <laughs> she was. I've got uh, no life coach. Exactly. <laughs> so anyways, Natalie, you are the person that shifted that for me. And wow. then, and then I went and resigned and I, I reached out to my managers and I told them I'm, I would be stepping down. Like and who is this Natalie and why did she tell you that? Yep, it was, it was all based on our conversation <laughs> when it was like, you just gave me permission that I could do this. Like, I love I could it. Leave. I could do this. So I'm so grateful for that. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yay. And um, if you don't know Natalie Jill, then um, just look her up. Just Google her. You'll find tons of stuff on her. She's on Facebook. She's on all the social media channels. And she's an amazing uh, motivational speaker. She is a uh, life and fitness uh, person. Thank and you. she's coached millions and millions and millions of people to live healthier and happier lives. Yeah. So thank you. All right. I wanted to start by uh, asking you about um, you're not good enough because something I noticed from your book that you have out, it's called the seven day jumpstart. If you guys are wondering, this is what it looks like. If you're on the Facebook live, you can see what I'm I'm putting up and you have this part on your book that I loved and Mm -hmm. it talks about the mantras that you use to focus your mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big mantra person because I think that mantras can carry you through really hard spaces in your life if Mm -hmm. you just continue to tell yourself something. And so I wanted to ask you, what are your, I'm not good enough. So what are the areas in your life that you feel you're not good enough? And then Mm -hmm. what do you do to move yourself out of those spaces? So I feel like everybody has that happen to them. Like every day it could be something different. You have that voice of I'm not good enough. And it's, that's just a limiting belief. So it, it really comes down to just learning how to recognize when you're telling yourself that or when a limiting belief is coming up so you can recognize it and shift it. So mine would be different every day. It's just that I've gotten really good at being quick at recognizing it and shifting it. So it's constant. I mean, I could do it right now with like, I'm not good enough to be interviewed or I'm not, 
I'm not good enough to lead people with that loss or I'm not good. It, they pop up, but it's about recognizing it and shifting really quick and mm-hmm. shutting, shutting mm-hmm. it out. So there's not one that just sticks over time. I just know that my limiting beliefs are the same as your limiting beliefs. It's the same as anyone's limiting beliefs. It's just, um, the difference with people that look like they don't have limiting beliefs is that they learn to shift them really quick and recognize them. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting you say that because you're one of those people that I sometimes under, I'm like, does she ever have a bad day? Does she ever think she doesn't look great? Does she ever think she's not good enough for something? All the time. I mean, all the time, but it's about setting yourself up to recognize when that's happening, shift it, knowing that that's normal to have that. And then surrounding yourself with people that do believe in you. You mentioned earlier that um, me believing in you, that you could leave a corporate job and do something bigger and better for you was all you really needed. So I've made it a point in my life to have those people around. Like I surround myself with people that believe in me and that want better. And if there is someone that comes in my life that is negative or is dismissive or discouraging, I, they don't really last in my life mm-hmm. because it's, it, that's not helpful for us. It's mm-hmm. not helpful to have those people. So I make it a point. I, I, I call it collecting people on my bus. Like every day I'm like collecting people on my bus that have that contagious energy, that have that positivity. I want more of that in my life. And if you don't have those friends or people, that's when it becomes increasingly important to to use um, social media groups or podcasts or books or finding other people with that mindset and letting that into your life. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Because oftentimes I've noticed from my own life that I have to trust the people that are in my immediate community. Mm-hmm. I have to trust what they're saying and what they're telling me because so often I'll fall into my own head and my own dark hole mm-hmm. that that's why who you are for me is that person that tells me that it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. And that I'm, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I can do this. But there's also a difference. Like you can get people to validate your negativity all day long too. So if mm-hmm. you're feeling down and you're just like, what I tell people is like, you can, if you convince people of your excuses and get them to validate it, you're, that's great. You can find misery and supportive misery to support why you shouldn't or can't do something. The problem is you're never going to get better because you stay mm-hmm. stuck in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you said that because I so agree. Mm-hmm. I so agree that you can – and sometimes I'll purposefully choose to talk to certain friends yes. because I'm feeling really sorry for myself. Yes. And I know they're going to coddle me. I know they're not going to ask me to be greater. They're just going to be like, oh. Yes, but it doesn't help you. Uh-uh. It doesn't, it doesn't help me. you. So when I have those people in my life, I it's like it feels comfortable, but then you start to realize that that's actually draining and it's not doing you any favors. And so for you in your life, what uh, – I'm going to have you share about your rock bottom story as well, but I wanted to know what – because a lot of your mantras are based on to just decide, mm-hmm. like make that choice and then do it. And so what is something in your life that you just had to decide to do the work on that you were struggling with, that you're going back and forth on? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so Penelope is uh, Natalie's gorgeous daughter, and she's hilarious. She's like a cheerleader through the window right now, and she um, has a cheerleader sign up for us that we're doing a great job. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Penelope. <laughs> All right. So I lost track on my question. Um, Mantras? Oh, yes. And then, uh, oh yeah, actually we didn't really finish that part yet. So then what, what, what are some mantras or what are some things, some methods that you use to pull yourself out of your head when you're in those moments? So it, you know, they happen all the time and it's just a matter of recognizing them and shifting. 
Um, you know, and knowing that we have the power at any given moment to turn something around, it's always, it's always us. And the sooner we become accountable to it's our responsibility, it's, it's us. It's not somebody else's fault. It's nobody else else creating it. As soon as we can recognize that it's our power, um, then you've got more control. As soon as when we're blaming others and set or blaming circumstances or situations, we're really not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's really taking ownership and being accountable for your own, for everything. I mean, mm-hmm. everything is up, whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's us. It's all us. Mm-hmm. And you can blame and you can have others validate your blame, but it really is not going to ever help you improve, period. All the time. Good things that happen to you and bad things that happen to you, it's you. And we have, that's the only thing we can control. And that's one of the hardest lessons is yes. to. And I'm not saying crap doesn't happen. Things happen. But then how can you, what responsibility can you take on it? How can you shift? How can you change that? How can you be the source to change what's happening? Mm-hmm. Always. Because you will never get better if you stay in a place of blame. Ever. Mm-hmm. Pointing the finger. No. I mean, it, you very well could really believe it's someone else's fault, but that's the problem right there. You have to take ownership in that. You have to. Otherwise, you have no control. You and can't control other people. It's so hard when you really think it is someone else's fault. Yeah. I, and I'm guilty of it. <laughs> Believe me, you can ask any one of my friends. I definitely have my moments of like, oh, why this? Why my husband? Right. Why this? Why? We, you get in that moment. Yeah. But the key is to have other people in your life that remind you wh- mm-hmm. what's your role in this. And I feel that one of the hardest lessons is when it legitimately mm-hmm. is someone else's fault, but you still have to find where you can be responsible in the situation. But you just, what you just to said pull is, yourself out of it. What you just said, I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would. Ch- you just said if it's legitimately someone else's fault. See, that's the wrong thinking. You but, have to get rid of that. But like, if someone legitimately ran into you and hit your car, like that would be their fault. But then you still have to. You find happen to be driving right. in that place at that right. time. Right. Right. Like, what if you weren't there? They wouldn't have hit you. I'm just. I'm just saying that's right. that's the way to shift it. Mm-hmm. is you've got to find some type of responsibility because saying woe is me and it's everybody else's fault, that will not help you improve. You can't shift that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't shift it. I so agree. I love that so much. That is by far one of my biggest lessons I have to constantly mm-hmm. learn. And I really struggle in those areas of um, being responsible. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah. it's the big thing. Accountability is everything. You know, I, I, you know, it, it's, we want to believe it's not our fault for things. And some things are not your fault initially, right? I got, I got that. But again, I'm not being a good coach to you to validate that. Mm-hmm. I've got to t- show you how to shift it. So when in your life did you decide to do the work? I think it's been ongoing. So, so my story, just a little, is I was raised, um, with parents, which I will say, um, this is where I, I know it's so important that people believe in you. I fortunately, was raised with parents that believed that I could do anything and they would tell me I could do anything. And for me, that gave me this no fear of failure. Like I can go for every, anything and I'm going to achieve it. And that was a good mindset. And it was good for a long time until I realized, okay, now it's a problem because I'm not able to accept that something might be hard. And if someone gives me feedback, I get defensive and I don't like it. So there, you know, there's two sides of that. But what that taught me is most people are not raised that way. Most people have, have tougher parents or parents that don't believe they can accomplish anything. And then that gets ingrained in you. And that's where I realized it is so important to have somebody that believes you at any time. So that's the first thing. Um, but the second thing is I've always believed in the power of the mind and being accountable and being able to learn to shift. However, that doesn't exclude me from having rough times and having 
down times where I get stuck and start feeling sorry for myself. Um, one of my examples was 10 years ago when I had my daughter and I was so excited to be a new mom, but I was having a rough time. I was, it was when the housing market crashed, the financial market crashed. I'd take a job demotion. I was going through a divorce. I had all kinds of stuff going on and I had a million things I could have blamed. I could have blamed my ex-husband. I could have blamed, um, the housing market. I could have blamed the stock market. I could have blamed being pregnant. I could have blamed everything. And I did. I did for a mm-hmm. long time until I realized that's not serving me. Because I can stay in that blame mode and I had plenty of friends to help me validate my blame. But what does that change? That was the question. You know, what does that change? And it wasn't until three months into that, I was in a big rock bottom that I was walking one day and I caught a reflection of myself and I didn't recognize what I was looking at and I knew I had a shift. So to shift, you know, my advice always is one, decide you're going to shift and make that decision. Like I'm going to shift and I'm going to work on this. And then two, what I did is I made a vision board. I made a vision board of what I wanted my life to be because we respond to feelings. We respond to um, how something looks, how it, um, if we can evoke a feeling. So if you're in a dark place or you're not feeling positive and you put a vision board together of where you want to live, the kind of friends you want to have, how you want to feel, and you look at that, you start to evoke those feelings and it's easier to move towards that. I love that. What was on your vision board at that time? Oh my gosh. It's so funny to look at my vision board now because (laughs) everything came to fruition. For one, I was not even in fitness when I did this. And I have all kinds of pictures of fitness girls. Like I wasn't in fitness. I had a picture of a happy couple. I had a picture of um, ocean and a golf course view. Like all this stuff that I ended up later living. So when you can look at that, if you can't envision what it would be like in your head or you can't dream up what you want – Putting it on paper, going through magazines and tearing out what you like, putting stuff out can make you really, um, you know, move towards that Mm because you start having, having a vision to work towards. I love that. And I feel too that when you, you know, in terms of like, I love the way that you took Mm -hmm. responsibility and decided just to do that in your life because for, I feel like, we're the only ones suffering if we don't take responsibility. It's not the other person. It's not the, the it's not the housing market that's suffering. No. I mean, it's you have to take responsibility for your own stuff. Otherwise, that's the only way you can move out of that space of suffer. No, and I challenge everybody to. It feels temporary. It's a quick bandaid. It feels good to have somebody you can commiserate with, and I have I have those people in my life too. But it does not make you better. You want people that will challenge that with you mm-hmm. and and help help you step up. You know, my husband and I, it's, it's good because we're on that same mind. We both have our pity parties all the time. But what's nice is we both recognize it now. So if he's in a pity party, I'm, I'm in a pity party. It's like, okay, yes, it sucks. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> it's like you, we should right. help shift each other out of it. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll say it a million times. Having someone validate your excuses will never help you shift. I love that. I love that. And you are who you hang out with too. So yes. you have to find so it's, those what are you going to do about it? You up. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hear crazy stories. Your, Kim, your story, your story is incredible. I met Kim and I learned her story. She was an orphan left, right? You were an, left as a baby. I was. I yes, was abandoned was. at a hospital. Yes. That could have ended tragic. That could have mm-hmm. ended terrible, but it's a blessing to you, right? It's a, a huge blessing. So do you blame the person that left you? Not at all. No, because you were raised with an amazing mm-hmm. family and you're here mm-hmm. now and you're you, amazing life. So I'm saying she could have been stuck in that. That could have been your story your whole life. Mm-hmm. I was abandoned. You could have lived at that your whole life, but you shifted. So you do do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's finding gratitude in what you can, what you can create, what you can do. Absolutely. I, you know, I love that you brought that up to the gratitude because I actually, one of my favorite, uh, things that you wrote about 
was when you talked about, uh, you talked about the you have. So you have this, you have this, you have that, you mm-hmm. have this. Rather than talking about the stuff that you don't have or all the complaints in life. And I read this quote one time that said, what you have, someone else is wishing for. And I love that so much. Yes. I instantly thought of that when I read that post that you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> yes. right? the gratitude one. And so I wanted to ask you just about, like, can you say more about that and maybe share with that since yes. not everyone so might have seen what you wrote. Especially in weight loss and nutrition, I get messages from so many people in my audience that say, I hate this about myself. I hate everything. I can't look in the mirror. I mean, I, I, I hate my arms. I hate my abs. I hate the way I look. I hate that I'm getting old. Like I hear it's coming at this place of like, I hate, I hate, I hate. And what is missing from that is what is it that your body's doing for you? Like there's, there's people that, that can't see. There's people that can't walk. There's people that can't eat on their own. Like start basic. Like we have, there's a lot we have. Like everybody that is listening to this knows that at some point in your life, you had things the way you wanted it and you're not appreciating it now, you know, like look back at that. Like you didn't appreciate it then. You're not appreciating now. Appreciate where you are and find gratitude in something. Like everybody has something. Start with, I can breathe. I can walk. I can see. I can hear. Start with that. My body's getting stronger. Like you can go up from there or focus on one part of your body that you actually do like. It's not all about physical. It's what's your body doing for you. And when you look at it that way in a place of gratitude, you'll start wanting to take care of it more because mm-hmm. you're, it's your, it's your temple. It's your vessel. It's your one body that you get. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, I go back and forth on, do you really have to fully love yourself before you can love other people? Uh, what do you think about? I, I no, mean, sometimes yeah. I really agree with it. And other days I'm like, that's bullshit. I love people and I'm having a hard time with myself today. So, <laughs> well, there's a couple ways to look at it. Yes. You do need to find gratitude in yourself for sure. But focusing out on somebody else is the best way to get outside of yourself. And you could speak of this because you do so much charity work, right? If you're feeling down about yourself and you hate yourself, go help somebody else because it takes your mind off yourself and you'll realize people have a lot bigger problems than you and that helps you with gratitude. I love that. I mean, Kim here goes to India twice a year and helps pe- pe- kids that have nothing, nothing. How could you possibly feel bad about yourself doing that? Mm-hmm. These kids are, they live, you have 40 boys living in a room on cement, right? Mm-hmm. Or dirt floors. It's 17, actually. Seven, okay, just, 17. Yeah, but it is on a cement floor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and sharing a bathroom probably, right? right? Mm-hmm. They, she told me they have a locker, a little locker for their stuff. Yeah. All their belongings has. get in. 17 boys living in a cement floored room with a locker for their stuff. Mm-hmm. Happiest boys you'll come across. Mm-hmm. How can you possibly help them and feel bad about yourself? Right. That's yeah, gratitude. And, then, and also too, just like putting yourself out there differently in your life has you see and experience and be exposed to so much more that it does bring a deeper sense of awareness to find that gratitude. Yes. It's true. I love that. So I'm really uh I'm really intrigued by the things in my life that I didn't get that I wanted so badly that it like ripped me up at that time. Mm -hmm. One of them was a job that I had applied for that I didn't get. And then fast forward several months later, Mm -hmm. I ended up getting the uh, studio manager position Mm -hmm. at the Core Power Del Mar studio, which is where I met you. I met Mm -hmm. so many phenomenal people that have highly, highly influenced my life from that job. And so I'm so grateful that 
at the time yeah, I didn't get what I, I really wanted. It. And I wanted yes. to ask you, what is something, yes. like, I want to hear something in your life that, that you didn't get. And oh gosh, so many things. And breakdowns always lead to yeah. breakthrough. Breakdown, anytime you're having a breakdown, like welcome it. You're like, okay, this sucks, <laughs> but something good's coming. Something good's right. coming. I've had millions of them. I mean, I can't, I, you know, and I, I was actually thinking about this this morning. I was listening to another podcast and I, they were talking about, um, how you can get in this spot of, um, of, you know, failure. You have to have failures to have success. And I was like, that must be what I'm thinking about. But I don't look at them as failures. I look at them as breakdowns when they're happening. But there's always a lesson in those. So whenever something's happening where I'm like, this is just disastrous. This is not going the way it's supposed to. Again, I have my pity party. I have those moments. But I also know that something amazing is coming from the other side. Something amazing is always coming from the other side. Mm -hmm. So it's learning just to recognize them. Again, shift. You can be down about it. But knowing that you're going to shift and something good is going to come from that. I have so many of them. One was getting a divorce. I mean, that was huge for me. I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. I was so excited to have a baby. I had married somebody who I thought I'd be married to forever. And I found myself getting a divorce. That's a huge breakdown. Wow. Uh, that was one. Another one was working really hard and investing and putting in uh, the, uh, money into a house and then losing my house. Like that was huge. It was a huge breakdown. I've had breakdowns in business. I've had all kinds of breakdowns, but something on the other side is always bigger and better. Mm-hmm. I love that. Those are really... And so was that your biggest rock bottom was when you were pregnant, you're getting divorced, you That was your house. one of my big rock bottoms. I'll tell you another rock bottom to me happened six months ago. Um, I'm peak of my career. You guys know I'm doing uh, DVDs, had a book, had all this stuff. A fitness expert is was what I am. And talking on how to alleviate back pain and symptoms. I wrote about it all the time. And I find myself with a ruptured disc and emergency surgery. That's a breakdown for me because it's like, okay, one, is my career over? Two, is everything I've been teaching wrong? Um, three, how in the world did I have a ruptured disc with everything I know? It was a huge breakdown. But it was a breakthrough because I learned so much through that that I would have never known before. It shifted how I teach food, how I teach about workouts. It shifted so much because of that breakdown. So breakdowns happen all the time. And you can have those moments where you're upset, you're concerned. You can have those crying moments, of course, but Mm -hmm. knowing that there's something better on the other side of that. I love that. It's so true. It. Mm -hmm. I can't even, yeah, express how much. And having friends that you, Mm -hmm. that remind you of this. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I'm at one of those spaces in my life now where when I don't get something, I'm like, awesome, because I can't yeah. wait to find out what it is yes. that I am going to get that's going to be a million times better. Yes. And I also, <laughs> I start to look for things that make me uncomfortable too, because we, you know, we tend to, we tend to avoid like, this is making me uncomfortable. I don't want to do it because it's not good or a red flag or whatever, but like jump into that because you're, there's yeah. growth on the other side. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh, so I mean, when I first met you, I was, really, uh, just truth be told, I was just like, oh my God, Natalie Jill, she's so amazing. She's Natalie Jill. And now you're just like, I'm just Natalie Jill. You're just Natalie to me. She's like, she's not it. She's (laughs) just like, she's nothing special. (laughs) And so I wanted to ask you, uh, in your life, do you have those people that like, so first of all, is that weird for you that people look at you a certain way because they, they look up to you so much. And then who in your life is that for you, that person that you look up to? So I think when I first started getting um, some exposure on social media and stuff, I would get uncomfortable when somebody would recognize me or, and, but I had to figure out why is this making me uncomfortable? I didn't know what that was about. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I had to work on myself and figure out what that was coming from. And I think it was this fear of 
am I, I, it was my own fear of, am I who I am on social media? Am I who I am on camera? So I had, it was like my own fear I had to work out. And I know, I know without a doubt that who I am talking to people on social media or in my programs is me. So I've just embraced it. And now I, I actually love when people come and recognize me. It makes me feel good, especially if somebody says, um, cause I don't care about the, there's no fame thing. I don't care about right. that. It's not a popularity thing. It's more, if someone tells me that they helped, that I helped them, like they learned something from me. I helped change their life. I help them lose weight. I help them get their confidence back. That's everything to me. I want to know their whole life story then. So I love that. Um, what I don't love is someone just says, I follow you. And then I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, right. like, okay. But if you tell me how I helped you, I'm like, I want to know your life right. story. Right. Because yes. you just want to help people. Yes. Yeah. But I don't feel any different than anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all the same. We're all the mm-hmm. same. Well, that's one thing that I love about you is that you, uh, in my, our friend, our friendship for all these years is that you are so authentically generous with helping people. I've seen it with, I witnessed you with other people. I've witnessed, witnessed it for myself. And I think that's an amazing quality just to have like the Thank authenticity you. of like, you really just want people like you want the best for people. You'll share what you need to share. You'll help people. You lift people up. And it's all about, we're in this as, together. Yes. We're all in this together. Yes. However, I do have another side. So I, I don't, I do. <laughs> I love it. I, I do, love it. I do like helping people, but I like helping appreciative people. So if somebody right. takes advantage and I, I, I don't like that, don't like that, you know, and I'm, there are some people in my life that I can't have in my life anymore because I, I see that side. So, um, I think I'm generous and trusting for a long time, but mm-hmm. if that gets broken, then I, then I shift on that yeah. too. Yeah. I agree. It's like the entitled people or, or the people who don't understand. Yeah. It's, don't. Yeah. It's just that it, it's like one of those like fool me once, fool me twice. So I, I've just mm-hmm. gotten aware of it. And if I have an uneasy feeling, that's time to mm-hmm. probably make a shift with that person. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, so you guys don't know this, but we actually, uh, I actually already interviewed Natalie and I had, um, left my, <laughs> I had made the biggest mistake of my life. Thank God it was just with you, though. Not of your life. Well, I mean, it, it, Kim it being, could have been really... being very present, living the yogi life, which she is. <laughs> She's a very present, focused person. She lives in the moment. She interviewed me um, a couple weeks ago, and then she called me like right after and she's like, uh, I forgot to per- turn my microphone on or put my headphones on. <laughs> I was like, Kim, you have a podcast. Dude, can we create, let's create, I'm a system. I'm like, can we create a checklist? Like step one, check sound. So, so we, yeah. you get to figure that out now. Yeah. But it was, it, I was horrified because it was a really, really, really good interview and we can't, unfortunately share it because the volume was you can't so, hear her was so horrible it was <laughs> horrible volume horrible volume um so i'm really appreciative you're here but i wanted to ask you something that you yes. brought up in that former interview okay. and it was about being uh, an introvert because yes. i really loved what you had to say about that it opened my eyes differently because i've always seen myself i mean i am a, i am a, an introvert at heart mm-hmm. i think people are surprised by that because i, I have a really loud laugh yes and People assume that because I'm laughing loud, I must be an outgoing person, which I can be at times, but overall, I'm, 
I'm an introvert. And you, I loved your take on that. So I don't you, even know what I said, but I'm assuming I yeah. said something about being Okay. Upset. So what you, what you had shared is you talked about that you think that being an introvert is basically bullshit. Because oh. <laughs> yeah, I did say that. Okay. So I remember what I said. <laughs> so I've had times in my life where I thought I was an introvert. And I know anyone listening is like, you're not an introvert. You're talking loud. Well, it's a lot different talking on stage or talking on camera or talking with a friend. Like, yeah, that is extroverted. But I was convinced that I was an introvert which meant I needed to be by myself to have get my energy back that I didn't like small talk I didn't meet like meeting new people like I don't know how many and I would go and I would surround myself with other people who would say the same thing I think it's BS I think somebody that says or feels that they're an introvert and I'm gonna get people are gonna get offended at me right now but but listen <laughs> If but you get listening. offended, I'm offended at you for being offended. Let's just leave it at that because I hate when people say I'm offended. That's not being accountable. Keep, keep listening because this will change your so, mind a little bit. I think it's very sad when you're introverted because we, when we connect with people and we connect with others, that's what we're meant to do. Community is everything. And when you really think about when you've had a deep connection with somebody, a good conversation, when you've gone, talked to people that you actually had something in common with, how did you feel after it energizes you? It feels good. So that's sad to me. I think that if you are feeling introverted, you need to go out and connect with people is what I think. Mm -hmm. And I really shifted on that this year because I had convinced myself that I was an introvert. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm introverted. I don't like people. I really started thinking that. Like, I'm like, I want to be on camera. And she's told me that too. Like, she doesn't want yeah, to be Yeah, I don't believe yeah. it anymore because yeah. I spent time really connecting with people. I did a breakthrough weekend where I had people come in my home, um, worked with clients. I made a lot of new friends last year. I feel great connecting with people. So I'm going to challenge you if you think you're an introvert to go connect with people. You're not. You're, it's an excuse. Well, they say that the true definition of an introvert is that's how you reset yourself is to be by yourself. Who's they? But Who's this, they? No, but the thing that really shifted for me is that I realized that that would be my excuse when yes. I was feeling lonely. Yeah. Like when I felt alone and lonely and nobody was texting me to hang out and I was too afraid to reach out to people because then – that people would know I didn't have anything yes. to do, then I'd be like, oh, I just need to reset myself and be myself. I said the same I'm, thing. I'm an introvert. It's BS. Whoever said it, who's they, whoever they is, is wrong. They're but wrong. in my heart, in my heart, I was sad because I was alone. It's sad. It's depressing. And I wasn't with people that I love. Go connect with somebody. Like, doesn't it feel good talking? Like it, it's, it does. And I'm not saying go just randomly go to a bar and start drinking and talking. That's not what I mean. I mean, connect. Like, call somebody you lost track with. Call somebody from high school. Talk. Call your mom. Call somebody. Talk to them. Connect. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing what that shifts when you do that. Mm -hmm. And I felt, too, that um, in my long phase of saying I was an introvert, that I was not being honest with the fact that underneath it all, I was lonely. Yeah. And Hello. what I really wanted was to be around someone yes. that I knew loved me or that cared about yes. me. Yes. Okay. So if your spouse or your friend is like, I'm introverted. Okay. Connect with them. Get them to connect. Help them find friends. Like it's, I think, you know, it, there's studies that show this. When you connect and, and have a community, you live longer. You're happier. Mm -hmm. We're here. We're humans. We're here to connect with people. Right. Connect. And what feels the best. And look in their eyes. That's the other thing. Like, look in their yeah. eyes. People have an issue with that. Like, they don't want to look. <laughs> they, like, look away. Like, look in your eyes. And right? what feels best is 
when you have those heartfelt connections, it's like you wake up the next day and you're so energized and yes. you just feel so good about yourself. I'm all about connections. In fact, all my programs now like have a connection aspect. My my full body reset, my big program for 2018, um, connection aspect. We have a group mm-hmm. that um, you don't get to hide out. You don't get to be an introvert. You get to get the love and the support and the accountability because connection is everything. Okay. So what is the full body reset? Yay. Full body reset is my big 2018 program. And it's a six-week program where we change your state, plan your plate, and love your weight. And what do I mean by that? Changing your state is a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. So it's changing that mindset, working on learning how to decide, learning how to be accountable, learning how to get that support system to help you know that you can do it, getting rid of limiting beliefs, totally changing your state. And then when once you change your state, we learn how to plan your plate. So you, it's not just about following a menu plan, following a diet. It's really understanding why food do what they do to us. What happens when we eat sugar? What happens when we eat fat? What happens when we don't eat enough? How do we plan our plate? How do we do that? And then the the other part of the triangle, because it's a triangle, state, plate, weight is about your weight. And it's not just workouts. It's about loving your weight, coming from a place of gratitude. How do we come from a place of strength and getting stronger versus hitting our bodies and beating them up at the gym? So that is my full body reset. And that is my everything this year. I have, um, and we actually just opened up right now. It's thefullbodyreset.com. Thefullbodyreset.com forward slash join. Love that. Um, depending on when you're watching this, if it's full, you can get on the wait list. We'll, we will do this a few times likely this year, but it's thefullbodyreset.com forward slash join. And that's how they sign up. That's how they sign up. And you get six weeks with me in an amazing group. So you get that community. I love it. I love it. And then what made you want to put together a program like this? Because I'm tired of all the stuff out there Mm -hmm. for weight loss, weight loss and nutrition. I mean, that's great. I can create another workout for you. I can create another diet for you, but I don't, I don't think they, I don't think that works for most Mm -hmm. people. And I'll, and I, yes, I, if I come to your house and I make sure you eat the foods I tell you to do and I make sure you're working out, it will work. But if we don't change our state, Nothing lasts. You have to change that state first. And I felt that was important. And if you don't learn why foods do it, and you have to learn it simply because I don't, you don't want complicated science. You, if you don't understand and learn, just following a menu plan gets hard because then it's like, what happens when you don't have willpower or you don't have the motivation or you don't have cravings? So we have to address that. So I wanted to create a program that was all of that. I love that. State of being, state of mind is number one. Yes. It's so important. State, plate, and weight. Change mm-hmm. your states, plan your plate, yeah. love your weight. And I think so often, I know for me, I've always struggled with not necessarily my weight, but with mm-hmm. how I look. Mm-hmm. And because I'm not a fat person, mm-hmm. I'm tiny, I'm like five feet tall. I'm actually below five feet. So I've never really struggled with being overweight. It's more that I've struggled with how I look. Body image. Loving so, your weight. But I, I would, I always start with, with, um, oh, I'm not working out hard enough mm-hmm. or I'm not eating good enough, but I would never approach it from my state of mind. It was always from like something that I'm not doing enough yes. of, which is, oh, I need to work out longer. I need to start doing this and this and this and this. And that's what's so good for failure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You got to love it. Exactly. And you're actually in my program. I, I have bonuses in my program. And one of them is your 10 minute yogi. Oh, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. That's right. So you get Kim's 10 minute oh, I yogi totally program. I forgot you about that. You get to do yoga the way that we did it. <laughs> it's for free in there. Yeah. They get to know you. You get to see, like Kim, which they do because they're listening to you, clearly. <laughs> you get the 10 minute yogi program in there. 
So that's another thing that Natalie encouraged me to do is to write a book, which yes. is so like no one knows I wrote a book because I'm really secretive about it until now. <laughs> until now, she has a book, Ten Minute Yogi, <laughs> and I, I I wrote it for I think I worked on it for an entire year as Natalie and I did yoga, and uh, she just held me accountable. And a lot of it too was that she was Natalie. You're the one that encouraged me to to share my story mm-hmm. because but prior to that, I wasn't sharing my story. Mm-hmm. I was talking you weren't about connecting. You I was talking about things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was talking about oh, I want to help these kids. Or I want to help this shelter. I want to help yes. this community. But I was never saying why I wanted to help those communities. I wasn't sharing my why, which yes. is my story. And so now, um, if you've heard my story a bunch, it's because of Natalie. She's encouraged me so much that I always share my story. Yes, I share your story. Yeah. So anyways, the 10 Minute Yogi. You want to know her story, I share it all the time. <laughs> I share everyone's story. Yeah. Because everyone has a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people don't share. That's connecting. See, that's about being connecting and not being an introvert. It is. It connecting. Is. It is. Uh, but, do you, do, but do you reset with people or on your own? Like, how do you... What do you mean? How do you... Like, if you had a long day where you're... Like, oh, my God, I have nothing left to give. Well, everybody has a time where you need to Mm -hmm. be alone. But saying you are introverted and you don't want to meet people is a Mm cop-out. It's a Mm cop-out. You have to – there's something going on with you. Yeah, it's called I'm afraid to – It's called I'm depressed. I'm afraid of rejection. And I'm – yes, and we need to deal with that because Mm -hmm. connecting and owning that is what's going to fix – get you out of that. Yeah. Or focusing on other people, stepping out – like, go – if you're feeling that way, go focus on somebody else in need and help them and that you will get over yourself real quick. Yeah. I love that. Did you know, did you know, this is an interesting fact. Did you know that during tragedies like, like 9-11, suicide rates go down? Did you know that? Because people come together as a community and help each other. That's true. That. So when there's yeah. hardship and problems happening and communities come together and connect with people, people start liking each other. It's a funny thing. I mean, I feel, especially uh, from past experiences, that when there's been a death, when there's been a tragedy of mm-hmm. some sort, like literally people that you had a problem with, mm-hmm. you come together, and it's and, and then since that point, yes. it's never been an issue. Yes. There's no residue. There's nothing left over. It completely yes. disintegrates. And when you come home from your trips to India, you don't feel like you need to zen out and really, you probably feel recharged. Yeah. Because of what you did, and you were definitely I'm like craving, air. like I want to see my friends, and I want to see social. my yoga students. Right. So the cure mm-hmm. for being an introvert is to go talk to people and connect. Mm-hmm. So. What do you guys yeah, think about that? I think it's lonely to be an introvert. Tell us what you think about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, I'm so appreciative to have you on Thank this you. podcast show. More to come with Natalie because uh, I'm her biggest, even though she's uh, one of my dearest friends, I'm also her biggest fan. So. Thank you, Kim. Um, look for more with us. And thanks, you guys, so much for tuning in. Do you have anything you'd like to add before we go? Anything you like oh. to share or say? Anything you're up to that I never asked no, you about? No, just the full body reset. Okay. Dot com. For so remember, full body reset. The, the full body reset. Full body reset. Dot com. com. Yes. And um, Natalie's, uh, what are your social media handles again? Natalie Jill Fit. You can find me at Natalie Jill Fit everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. The website, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Pinterest. It's all Natalie, Natalie Jill it. Fit, right? Yes. N-A-T, not N-A-T-H. N-A-T-A-L. I don't know who spells yeah. it N-A-T-H. I know people that spell it <laughs> Natalie with a T-H. So. Thanks, Kim. Natalie without the H. All right. Bye. I love you. Thanks for being here. Bye.